Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Special in-studio guest Jake Query from 107.5 The Fan, host of Query and Company, noon to three, Monday through Friday on 107.5 The Fan. Tremendous job, you and I think it was was it you and Jonathan that did Correct. the the Jonathan. Bob Knight special. Jonathan did it. I, I didn't really do anything to be honest. With you. Well, your voice is on it. Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting, Nigel. Thanks for having me. By the way, what's it, what's uh, it called? The Bob Knight uh, remembering, remembering Bob remembering Bob, Bob Knight. Yeah, and you know, but, it's it's almost impossible to summarize Bob Knight within you know an hour or whatnot. But um, and I had told Hammer this as well. So. You know, I grew up around Indiana basketball. I mean, I grew up here. Me too. I went to IU. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to to befriend a lot of guys that were around the program pretty closely. And so I was always an Indiana fan. I certainly knew of the polarization of Bob Knight. I covered his kind of his downfall, if you will, when I was first a media member yeah. here in town. But, um, you know, I think we all knew that Bob Knight was in failing health for quite some time. And I didn't want to be that guy, and I know you you know this too. I, you know you don't want to be the guy that is calling people. And at the time that I was doing this, I was doing the morning show on the fan. So knowing that, I didn't want to be the person that was calling people that were very close to Bob Knight at six thirty in the morning the day after he passed away. Going, yeah. hey, I'm sorry that he passed away, but can you come on the radio? You know what I mean. So I had kind of set in motion for a lot of different people to be interviewed, and then. Um, Lo and behold, I go on vacation, and literally the first day I'm out of the country, he passed away, which obviously is a, a loss to his family and friends. I mean, I'm sure, not, you know, there's no there's no right time is what I'm getting at. But sure. at any rate, so for that, uh, they had come to me and said, "Look, why don't you take all of the interviews that were conducted, listen to them, pick out the 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 real nuggets that personify who Bob Knight is, and then just kind of." St- Tie the, you know, sew them all together into one tapestry, which is really what Jonathan did in the editing process. But, but I told Hammer this too. I don't know if I've gotten a chance to tell you, Nigel. In listening to all of the interviews that were conducted upon Bob Knight's passing, probably the two most noteworthy figures in the legacy of Bob Knight that were interviewed amongst our stations were, in fact, Calbert Chaney and Steve Alford, who you guys did. Yeah, they were great. Um, and I thought you guys did a really good job of bringing out, you know. It's easy for anybody to just go, yeah, he was a great coach and he was always prepared. <laughs> but but those guys had, as, as people here in the special, they had funny stories. They had stories that I think illuminated a little bit more about Bob Knight aside from just the guy walking the side. Yeah, so Alfred's story about how, you know, leaving practice in a huff and then coming back because he Correct. forgot to put his clothes in his locker. And, every, and, and he's so. like, you know, that, that was an example of, you know, he was always <laughs> kind of teaching you the lessons, whatever. So you guys did a really good job with that, but... Um, but the you know, special, by the way, the special uh, on Bob Knight, it's aired a few times on 107.5 The Fan. It is going to air again on our radio station on New Year's Day, I believe, at okay. 11 a.m. if okay. anybody's missed it. so um, but Yeah, I'm glad that you that you were able to listen to it, and, and I was glad they asked me to put that together. Jake Query here for 107.5 The Fan. For, for those people that may have been listening, like me, I was uh, kind of in and out with family on Christmas Eve. I had the Colts game on in the background. 
I thought the Colts were supposed to win that game. So before we look ahead to the Raiders this week and how important a game that is for the Colts, just kind of the big picture, what happened with the Colts on Sunday against the Falcons? Yeah, on the it's road? a really good question. <laughs> I think the reality is if the Colts and Falcons played 10 times on a neutral field, the Colts would win probably seven of them. Yeah. Um, you know, Atlanta's not completely void of talent. But what Atlanta was able to do, it's interesting because they went to a backup quarterback who was more their more experienced quarterback in Taylor Heineke, who's a guy that beat the Colts a year ago when he was with Washington. Um, but Atlanta was just able to essentially use their ground game to keep the Colts' defense at bay, and then when the plays were able to be made in the passing game, they were you know they they made plays they had to make. So they kind of ex- they, they kind of took the Colts' defense and said, okay, look, we're not going to try to beat you with the long ball. We're just going to basically death by paper cut. And that's kind of what they did. And as a result of that, they took the ball out of the Colts' hands offensively so the Colts couldn't get in rhythm. And Michael Pittman Jr., who was the leading receiver for the Colts, yeah, he and that out. is he's the safety net for Gardner Minshew, and he wasn't in the game. So that really handcuffed them offensively. How did Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor look okay? Jonathan, How did he do? Because he came back. That was the first game back after yeah, that thumb injury. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to say because basically – and to put this, you know, essentially what happens, and I'm not trying to talk down to people because I think people know this, but when you have a great receiver like Michael Pittman, who is your, he's the guy that takes your your offense and spreads it out, right? Sure. You take yeah. him out of the equation now, and the defense is able to yep. say, oh, well, we're just going to come right up to the line, and Jonathan Taylor, come and beat us. And they were able, never able to get that running game going because they didn't have anything to keep the defense honest. So it was kind of hard to assess where he was. I think we know Taylor's a great player. And Taylor has home run capability, but in order to get home run capability, you got to keep giving him the ball. When they know he's getting the ball, that becomes difficult. So, and, by, and one more thing: How in, was that game important in terms of the Colts' playoff chances? I mean, it, I know they're still like the seventh seed or something correct. like that right now. Great question. And the answer is this: It was important in this fact. Everyone else around them that they are compete. I always say, imagine the playoffs like a traffic jam. Yeah. Okay? So the Colts are sitting there in the right – they're actually in the left lane. People are trying to merge over, right, because it's it's about to go to one lane. And the Colts didn't do anything to let anyone over, but nobody else was aggressive okay. in moving over because everybody else around them also lost. So it was important in the fact that it they denied themselves opportunity to get breathing room, Yeah. but they didn't lose any ground really because everybody else that is in the same boat – also basically wet themselves. And so we look ahead to Sunday at home, Lucas Oil versus the Raiders coming off a big win against Kansas yeah. City. Are the Raiders all they're cracked up to be? I mean, are they a horrible team? Are they an okay? I mean, they just beat one of the best teams in the NFL, and how important is this win for the Colts now? The NFL is set up to have a ton of parity, Nigel, yes. where, where there's just on any given Sunday, right? That's the phrase. That's the way it's set up. And for the most part, excluding maybe – two or three teams at the top and two or three teams at the bottom, everybody else in the middle is in this vat of mediocrity, right? Yeah. And the Raiders and Colts are in that same group. Um, Look, Vegas coming in, they have a a quarterback that people here are familiar with, Aiden O'Connell, Purdue guy, that's a rookie that that is not necessarily going to light it up with his arm. But they do have a good running – their best running backs out for the year, but they have a good running game, and defensively they're pretty nasty. They can get after it, and they can keep Jonathan Taylor and Gardner Minshew at bay. They're going to have to do that to stay in the game, but they were able to do it with Patrick Mahomes. So you have to take them seriously for sure. And they actually have a chance now, do the Raiders – a lot has to happen, but they are not ruled out mathematically from winning their own division, so they got a lot to play for as well. 
Uh, is it too early to start talking about May? <laughs> it's never too early I mean, to start talking about May. I right? mean, I, you, of course, a voice, uh, one of the voices there uh, on a call at the uh, IMS Radio Network, and you travel around with uh, IndyCar do, doing uh, races. It'll be here before we know it, I will say that. When, when is the first, like, when do you start getting into that mode? I mean, you host a daily radio show noon to three here on our sister sports puck station, 107.5 The Fan, but you also travel around every weekend um, yeah. with the duties with them. Um, um, uh, with the IndyCar. With IndyCar, yeah. yeah. So we start the year in March, uh, early March in St. Petersburg. I think it's early March. Yeah, I've exactly. always wanted but to go to that race. Great. It's great because it's spring break time. And, yeah. You, know, you, you get out of the weather. but uh, And then we take actually a couple of weeks off, and then it's Long Beach and Barbara. I mean, there's some cool places at the beginning of the year. But to answer your question, around Valentine's Day, around the time that the Daytona 500 starts going in NASCAR, we actually have a staff meeting where we get together and just kind of go over the year and just kind of reacquaint, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we always say, like, hey, man, it'll be here before you know it. And then once we go, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, I do the daily show, which I love doing. And then every Friday, as soon as we're done, I hop on a plane and I go somewhere. And then once I get to the racetrack, I get in that mode. Like, it's interesting. Any track that we go to, people will say to me, you know, I won't remember anything about the race the year before. And then I get to the track, and when I see the track physically, then I can remember everything that happened. But I have to be there for it to happen. What so a cool gig, man! It, it is pretty cool. I mean, it is I, awesome. Look, I'm I'm very lucky. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got just like you guys, man. We got a lot of people that that we're fortunate to have listeners that make us do this for a living, and I hope people understand that we take it. Um, you know, it's a great honor, and we have a lot of fun with it. Jay Query, host of Query and Company, Monday through Friday on 107.5 The Fan, noon to 3. Jake, have a great weekend and a great New Year. Thanks for stopping by. All right, by. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, to everybody. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We'll be right back.